0: You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. We live in the golden age of athleticism. Everywhere around the world, sports people are getting faster, stronger, more explosive. They're recovering from injuries quicker. One of the primary reasons for this is the rapidly advancing field of sports science. Welcome to Secrets of Sports Science, a podcast series into the exciting and ever-changing world of elite sporting performance. I'm your host, Rudranil Sengupta, and each week, I'll be talking to leading experts from the field to bring you a peek into the makings of a modern athlete. Abhinav Bindra is a a pioneer in in much many more ways than one. I mean, we, of course, know him as India's first individual Olympic gold medalist, which is really like the most remarkable thing anybody could do. But beyond that, uh, you know, I've known him for a long time and he was always a person who 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 did things differently. He he. One of the other things he pioneered was uh, was the use of sports science um, in his field, and, and even about mental health. The things that we now talk about, and, and we all know the importance of these things now, uh, and athletes talk about it, and coaches talk about it, how important it is to have the backing from sports science, to have that mental health backing. Uh, but when uh, Bindra was a, a, an active athlete, these were not things that people really knew that well in India or spoke about it, except for him. And in some ways, you can even say that this podcast is a result of, of things that I actually, ideas that actually he put in my head. Uh, because I remember um, a long time back, maybe a decade ago, uh, I was in his house and I was watching him train. I think he was uh, preparing for the London Olympics Um and I was amazed at the array of uh, gadgets and machinery around him and the approach he took just from in terms of uh, his physical training, as well as his recovery. He had a little gadget that he showed me, I remember still, which was a laser pointer that he would put on the on his forehead and he would try to keep it very, very still on, on a target. Um, and he said that, you know, that gave him an idea of, of uh, how well he was doing when he had to stand still and actually aim at a target. And and I would never have even thought that a shooter would do so much because, you know, shooting is such a static sport. You see people, they're standing there, they're aiming at something, they're firing. You don't really understand what goes behind it in terms of in, in the physical sense of the word. Because, of course, it's very easy to know that a football player or or a weightlifter or a wrestler uh, uh you know needs a lot of physical work and uh, and it's so easy to then understand that yes they need sports science but for a shooter that was new to me and it was because of bindra that i started realizing the importance of these things you know it's only right that uh, we are ending this season of secrets of sports science with somebody who has worked very, very closely uh, with Abhinav on these things. He was, in fact, uh, um, uh, Bindra's physiotherapist from uh, 2012 to 2016 between the London and Rio Olympics. He was the team uh, medic for the the shooting team uh, for the Rio Games. Uh, I'm talking about Dr. Dikpal Ranawat, uh, who is the director for the Abhinav Bindra Targeting Performance Centers, um, which is spread across the country, uh, 12 locations. Uh, there's an app as well. So it's a it's a privilege and a pleasure to uh, invite Dr. Ranawat here for this show. And Dr. Ranawat, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Well, thanks to you, Rudranil. Thank you for this opportunity. And uh, yes, uh, when we talk about shooting or uh, the journey, it's a very exciting journey I had and there is yeah. so much
0: to share with the audience. Amazing. So, I mean, of course, it's an exciting journey. Anything that you that involves Abhinav Bindra turns out to be exciting. Uh, so, you know, I, I will start with that. Usually we start with something really geeky and nerdy, but I will make an exception here and we'll start with your journey with Abhinav, uh, which, like I said, like in many other things, he was also a pioneer when it came to understanding and promoting the role of uh, sports science in performance. Um so, tell us a little bit about how you met him and how you started working with him.
1: Yes. So, I got a chance to uh, meet uh, Abhinav in 2012 when he was uh, looking at also uh, creating a good team on ground. Uh, so, Jani yeah. used to shuttle between Germany uh, where his uh, shooting coach uh, is and mm. he used to train in India as well. So, he needed good... Uh, uh, team to help him also understand and align uh, the kind of a void. Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, I got this opportunity. I met uh, Abhinav. Uh Initially, and for me, it was a very exciting uh, opportunity because uh, I got a chance to work with India's first individual Olympic gold medalist. And I've only read and heard about him. And uh, when, as a physical therapist, when you get a chance to work with the best athlete, it's kind of a dream come true. Uh, But it comes with its own challenges as well. Because when you're working with uh, an Olympic champion, it comes with its uh, own uh, demands, so I can I can assure you, and I can share this with the other athletes as well that my journey and the experience was priceless because it was extremely challenging. Uh, to be a support staff with Abhinav Bindra was uh, where I have to put in thousand percent every single day, and there mm. were no excuses. There were only one thing which was excellence. So right. this was this was kind of an uh, you know
0: a bit of my journey and experience right so that that demand that you talk about that was like absolutely a unique demand, because of course, when you were working with him, there were no other Olympic champions he was just not not just another athlete or even a world class athlete, but he was actually an olympic champion and in and India had to wait so so long for that so um i don't know what pressures you faced, but what I want to ask you th- is that you know you come from a you are a judoka yourself, you are a national level judoka, and then you went into uh, physiotherapy and and sports science. Did you ever work with shooters before you came to Bindra, or was that your first experience with uh, a shooter?
1: So, uh, that was my first experience and uh, just to express, uh, being in uh, Judo, judoka, Judo is a very dynamic sport yes. where you, know, you, you need to work on a lot of different uh, elements like strength, uh, power, conditioning, uh, flexibility, mobility and it's a contact sport where uh, the chances of injuries are very high. Vis-a-vis, when you look at shooting, you know, the persona people have that shooting is, is just you have to go stand and shoot. But I can uh, assure you that when I got this opportunity uh, to understand the sport, to understand the demands of the sport, it's very physical in nature as well. So, for a shooter to shoot, uh, there are three important elements. There's physical, mental and tactical, uh, or technical element. So, from the shooting per se, when it comes to technical element, the shooters go to their coaches, they go to the shooting range and they train on the technical element. But when it comes to physical element, uh, there's a big void because people are not very clear about, uh, you know, what are the key elements required for someone to be a good shooter. So, from the physical per se, uh, what we worked on was... Uh, when we talk about shooting, you know, uh, shooting is all about staying very still. And you're going against uh, uh, the law of nature where the human body is meant to move. And what you're doing here is you are, you're trying to be extremely still. If you ask someone to even stand for a few seconds uh, still, you know, you'll see a lot of sway. And uh, that's the nature of the sport where you have to precisely mold or adapt to a particular stance which is most suitable for you uh, to be still and then shoot. So, in this kind of shooting, we used to work on a lot of stability, mobility work, also strength work, there a lot of correction, because there's a lot of unnatural uh, stress on the spine, which the shooters uh, face. They have to wear this uh, very tight, heavy jacket. They have to wear uh, stiff boots. And I got a chance to try it a few times because when you work with an athlete, it's important to understand what the athlete goes through, what is their position like. And uh, it was very difficult. Apart from that, in shooting, they have to work on a lot of cardiovascular conditioning or strength as well. Because uh, for a shooter, uh, they cannot, in a pressure scenario, uh, if their conditioning level is not good, if their heart rate goes up, it's going to affect the quality of their shot as well. So, shooting is just not about uh, technical training, but there is a lot of physical and mental
0: element to it. Right. Right. Also, as a physiotherapist you 're always quite um, uh, concerned with proper posture and, and postural alignment and like you said that in shooting it 's actually quite an unnatural postural alignment it's not uh, uh, it 's not even that you keep your spine straight you you have a kind of a bent right i've seen right. the shooter stand there's a little bit of a backward bend and uh, and you'll have to hold that position which is not an even position on both legs so the spine is in a slightly unnatural position the legs are not evenly uh, uh, you know balanced and and that is the correct posture for shooting which is not which would not be the correct posture for anything else um, right so um how tricky is it to actually work when 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 you have this kind of a postural requirement So you see, the idea
1: is not to uh, get complete balance or equilibrium on both the sides because the sport requires uh, a very unnatural suited posture for that particular athlete. But the important thing here is that when you adapt to a particular posture, which is uh, unnatural over the time period, it leads to a lot of secondary complications or secondary issues. So Mm. physical therapist has an important role, first of all, to screen those limitations for the athlete in terms of joint mobility, in terms of uh, the muscles which are overworking. There are muscles which are inhibited, the areas which are being compensated because the athlete is shooting on daily basis. And they have to jot Mm. it down and create a customized program for the athlete to make sure that they are able to unwind out of that posture. So tomorrow they can go and push a little bit uh, more without further compromising their stance or uh, overall uh, uh, shooting technique.
0: Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a question of firstly developing enough strength to be able to hold that posture for a long period and also then enough recovery so that the muscle imbalances and things like that that happen because you're constantly in that posture don't actually have long term effects and, and you can actually your body can relax and come back to its normal state. So so in this, uh,
1: I'll go a few steps behind. It's very yeah. important uh, for the support staff to understand. For any athlete, you have to start with a very scientific, sport-specific assessment. Hmm. And for shooting, when it comes to uh, stability, if I have to check uh, stability or balance uh, for an uh, athlete, uh, the best approach would be to look out for a very objective uh, system in place, which can give you numbers to have a starting point And help create a scientific program from there. So generally things are more subjective in nature. Uh, In our ecosystem when uh, an athlete goes to a sports scientist or physical therapist, if they don't have uh, specific tools to assess the requirement of the athlete, you know, it's more guesswork. And that's what we want to take it away through sports science. Where mm. uh, for shooters, what we generally do is, so we have uh, our centers called Abhinav Bindra Targeting Performance Centers. We have a postural yeah. lab there. So if a shooter comes in, uh, we have stabilometry platform uh, specific to shooting where uh, we do test for the shooters to check their balance on both the feet. We get information mm. like uh, how much sway they have, or what is their elapse area. Is the overall uh, area created by the center of pressure in those 30 uh, sec- seconds by the athlete. And it also gives us information about the trunks where the athlete has. And based on that, uh, we do further assessments also for the athlete where we check their uh, uh, postural muscle imbalances they hold. We also mm. do stability testing for their pelvis, which is very specific to their sport. And then design a customized training program for them, which is well suited mm. for that athlete. Uh, and generally, what we suggest is for, for an athlete to have accountability they should at least do four uh, seasonal testing throughout uh, their periodization plan for that season. Mm. So what will happen is when you do your first objective assessment, that becomes a baseline for you Mm. to look at the area of improvement. You make a customized plan. You reassess and see how much improvement you have gained. Tweak Mm. the program again. Uh, Do you really, now you have improved on strength. uh, 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 Do you need mobility or stability uh, to work on? Is it uh, joint specific or is it uh, uh, more generalized stability you need to work on? So, all this information is key for an athlete uh, to be in a good physical
0: state when they are competing. So, let me take you back to when you were working with Apinav. Uh, you You didn't have the use of a stabilometry platform at that time, did you? So, we did uh, as you you started your, uh, uh, you
1: know, uh, episode expressing about uh, Abhinav being an athlete who has always looked out for elements uh, of Hmm. technology which can help him become a better athlete. And he has, uh, uh, the uh, one important element of work we had uh, was that uh, uh, in the morning, the routine was such where in uh, in the morning he'll shoot. Uh, after that we used to just make notes what were the elements what uh, uh, things were not aligned we used to refer on the past notes as well then we used to have uh, some uh, post uh, recovery post shooting recovery sessions After that, uh, we used to work on some uh, technical elements to fix a particular area which has an impact either on his 0.0, on his triggering or on his overall neck stability as well. Uh Then post-lunch, we used to work where the training was spread over uh, his requirement in that week. It was uh, specific uh, strength with control uh, training Uh rather than just general strength training. We used to have a few bouts of cardio training as well. And the work was more... uh, uh, on uh, focus more on core uh, uh, strengthening and uh, resolving bit of imbalances which he hold through uh, mobility and stretching drills and also mm. educate recovery was key.
0: Right. So, what are the key areas uh, of concern uh, in, in when it comes to shooting uh, with the athlete's body? Uh, the spine is definitely one I already I can think of. But what are the other key areas, uh, uh, especially for a rifle shooter?
1: So, the most common uh, injuries uh, or the issues uh, the athlete uh, in the sport of uh, pistol or rifle shooting they face mm. is, uh, you know, they have uh, shoulder uh, injuries or impingement because okay. uh, in the in the shooting posture, they have to hold the posture in a particular manner where uh, the, the muscles, uh, some are underworking, some are overworking which mm. leads to a certain form of uh, uh, overuse injuries as well. Back issues are very common in shooters. Ankle uh, stability issues are very common in shooters. Mm. A lot of shooters who have uh, flat foot, uh, they complain of uh, knee pain as well over the time period. So, all these things are more uh, uh, musculoskeletal related to their underlying uh, demands of the posture uh, Mm. to, uh, to shoot. Better, And that's where the, uh, the team needs to do a quality assessment for them, understand mm-hmm. what are their requirements in terms of st- uh, stability, mobility, strength mm-hmm. and create a routine uh, to focus on all these elements to make sure that there is not uh, a space where they have been overusing a particular area and uh, uh, they, they have been working on the demands of uh, stability and uh, uh, strength requirement uh, for mm-hmm. their post.
0: Right. Uh, The the neck is obviously one of the key areas you said. The neck, the back, the ankles. So, because, you know, keeping the neck very, very still when you are um, aiming at the target and when you are actually firing the trigger is, is, is critical for shooters. And when I mean very, very still, I mean like really like rock still. This is not... This is not just a normal person being still. This is a different kind of stillness. Is it? Do you find yourself doing a lot of neck work with uh, athletes in terms of building that stabilizer? What kind of neck work is it?
1: So, for a shooter, uh, when it comes to uh, these uh, the various segments, so generally they consider the body as a unit, not in segments. And if you talk about the rifle as well, it's an extended part of their uh, posture. And it's very important for the support staff to understand uh, that how do they plan their routine or, or what areas they need to focus on uh, for uh, a shooter.
0: Right. So, so let's say you you you're looking at Abhinav uh, uh, as a you know as a whole unit and not just one part. What were the when you started working with him? What were the little things that you needed to address?
1: So. Uh, As you would have uh, heard Abhinav saying that it's not uh, every four years. It's every single day. So for a tutor, uh, everything starts there. It's Mm. not uh, how much do they train. It's the quality of training what they do every single Mm. day. Mm. And in that one session as well, it's not uh, the quality of that one session. It's every repetition. So when we talk about every repetition, small things matters. In the sport of shooting, for example, if they have to do some strength training, when they do a strength training, uh, if they don't have a, uh, a scientific sensorized platform, uh, what will happen is uh, in the normal gym when the athlete is training, uh, the mirror is the only form of feedback they hold. Yeah. and. Uh, With that, it's very difficult to pinpoint or give information how much weight the athlete is putting on left side as compared to right side, what Mm -hmm. impacts that holds on their ankle joint, knee joint, hip joint and how much compensation they will make from the trunk. And this Mm -hmm. is what we are talking about, which is the quality of movement or quality of training. So, in our facility, we have uh, created... uh, a functional lab where we have a sensorized platform, shooters come in, where uh, there's a camera in front which create different markers for the athlete, which gives information about one degree of variation in their joints to uh, one gram of weight shift, which they hold. So that's Mm -hmm. where we are able to uh, quantify the quality of movement, every single repetition the athlete does. And this was the same thing which we incorporated in Abhinav's training as well when he was preparing for the Olympic Games. He had his own challenges. Uh, He had a lot of... uh, uh, injuries uh, during that phase if you read his book as well he had uh, Mm. certain neurological uh, issues as well uh, which Mm. uh, impacted his overall quality of shooting but uh, it was going back to quality work uh, assessing things uh, and also monitoring every session every repetition made the difference Mm. uh, Mm. overall so for a shooter it's very important that when they are uh, structuring their training program they have to emphasize on uh, strength, stability, mobility, cardiovascular training as well. And at the same time, when they structure their training, it's not about how much weight they lift. It's not about how much distance they cover. It's uh, it's it's not about uh, how hard they push. It's about the quality of every reputation, what they do with a limited mm-hmm. amount of weight and how does it transfer into the field of play for them, which is shooting.
0: Right. Uh, and... Um I know that every individual is different and every athlete is different and you have to be very, very individually uh, t- in all your programs are very individually tailored. But just to look at the 10 meter air rifle as, as a sport, um, every almost everyone has to follow more or less the same kind of thing, right? I mean, it's a, it's a posture finally at the end of the day is 90% the same for everyone. So is there one particular um aspect which needs more recovery which needs more work for when it comes to 10 meter air rifle shooting uh, that that is a spe- specific area of concern
1: yes uh, so if i talk about uh, you know uh, the the body or the biomechanics uh, hmm. and the impact of that in shooting i would talk about pelvis as an important area because okay. it connects your torso and your lower limb as well and for hmm. shooters uh, generally uh, any imbalances or mobility or overuse of certain muscles has a direct impact on their spine and also their posture. So it's very important if uh, the shooters uh, can do uh, a specific assessment to gauge their pelvic mobility and stability Mm -hmm. time to time. Also create a routine uh, around where they are able to make sure that uh, they have some uh, quality program in place to work on their hip mobility. And also spine mobility uh, mm-hmm. that will help uh, them overall uh, to gauge better stability as well and try and l- limit the amount of further compensation which might happen because of the demand of uh, the posture uh, in mm-hmm. their event.
0: Right, because the, the hip is kind of the pelvis is kind of angled in a in a one particular direction, right. It's not uh, again like like we said before, it's not just a equilibrium thing, Um and, and this spi- this, does the spine get compressed a lot? Is that also a problem in, in terms of lower back pains and stuff like that? Is that something shooters face a lot? Yes, a lot
1: of shooters we see a functional scoliosis uh, in their posture because as every
0: person has, every athlete who… who what, what is functional to, uh, scoliosis if somebody doesn't know that?
1: So, functional scoliosis is uh, the imbalances in the spine which causes okay. the spine to uh, divert in an S-shaped curvature. Okay. Uh, where uh, One side of the muscles are overworking, the other side are, uh, right. are not uh, uh, working well. And because in shooting, the athlete has to adapt a particular posture in the spine. Uh, so, functional scoliosis is something which is very commonly seen uh, mm. in shooting athletes. Another important element is as uh, unit inserts into the pelvis. And for shooters, again, uh, it's not that they can work on segmental uh, uh, areas to uh, to gauge uh, some outcome because the posture is such, as I've said, uh, the demand of the sport is such where it's better to view the body as a unit and then understand uh, the mechanics of the shooter, the demand required for him to be more stable and aligned and then accordingly uh, work on those requirements uh, in terms of... Uh, strength, stability, mobility, and endurance.
0: Right, uh, and and how do you f- address scoliosis say, in terms of physical therapy?
1: So uh, there are uh, there are certain ways uh, uh, to look at functional scoliosis. First of all, it's very important uh, to do a thorough assessment for uh, uh, the athlete or uh, the client, and based on the assessment, you have to also understand the root cause. Uh, was it because of a particular repetitive uh, stress or the occupation uh, the athlete or the client might hold. And then also uh, look at the severity of uh, uh, the, the functional scoliosis uh, the, the client or the athlete might have. And based on that, also look at the elements like the pelvis and the spine. Uh, also, uh, if there are any, uh, uh, you can say, symptoms aggravating symptoms because of that, uh, which are limiting uh, the day-to-day activity for the client and then make a customized program for the client uh, when it comes to working on uh, the limiting factors like uh, poor mobility, uh, uh, you know, engaging uh, core muscles or strengthening certain muscles and retraining uh, the posture through the principle of biofeedback.
0: Right, right. So, the core muscles are also very important here because again, they are uh, part of the, you know, the, the stability unit of the body. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of the back problems can be fixed because you, you maybe you don't have a strong enough core and if you strengthen that, that automatically uh, starts fixing back problems. Um, you know, ca- You've worked so, so, uh, so much with shooters. Um, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you is that are there specific li- little tips that you could give me uh, if it comes to somebody who's not an athlete, but let's say that person has a job that has certain similar demands. For example, uh, chefs spend um, all their time standing, uh, you know, they could they could go 8, 9, 10 hours uh, standing in a kitchen. Uh, Uh, you know, and and more or less in a very limited space with very limited movement. Um, So, you know, a a lot of similarities with the kind of pressures that a a shooter will face on his or her body. Uh, Are there tips and tricks that they can do just by themselves uh, Mm. to to make their experience a little less painful? So, you see,
1: just not, uh, I would say... Uh, you know, specifically to chefs. Right now, if you see, because of uh, the lifestyle-related disorders or oh. changes, people sit in front of uh, the computers for longer duration. The posture, oh, cool. yes, it's been impacted uh, oh. uh, in, in a very uh, bad way where they have aches and pains over the time period, which uh, they have uh, uh, an impact uh, on, uh, on their neck, on their spine as well, on their day-to-day activity as well. So right. I would suggest... Uh, The easiest thing uh, for anyone uh, to do in their hectic schedule lifestyle is to be aware, to take uh, frequent breaks, where they can start with some basic physical activities like, uh, you know, just going out and walking and tracking Mm -hmm. their number of steps as well. Second important Mm -hmm. element, I would say, uh, is to focus on flexibility as well. Because when you sit for a longer duration, the muscles are shortened. You are holding a particular uh, posture against gravity. And if you use that particular posture day in, day out, you know, your body adapts to that posture. And then to again retrain your body it takes a certain amount of uh, regular effort in terms of understanding what uh, has limited that posture. Is it uh, uh, it's, it's poor uh, mobility? Is it lack of flexibility? Is it uh, a lack of muscle strength? And accordingly, you can work around it. So to to express on those areas, I would say uh, if someone can make a ten minutes routine to do a general holistic uh, flexibility uh, routine on daily basis, where they can uh, do uh, you know they can stretch their hamstrings, they can stretch their hip flexors, if they can yeah. stretch uh, also uh, their shoulder girdle, that will help. Uh, uh, them overall to limit the secondary complications which happens because of tight muscles and then further uh, limiting to poor mobility and uh, musculoskeletal issues like neck pain, back pain and and uh, other uh, uh, joint specific conditions as well.
0: Right. We are almost uh, at the end of this uh, episode um, uh, Dr. Ranawat but uh, I just wanted to also ask you about the Abhinav the targeting Performance centers um, uh, that that you run, uh, you know, and uh, I remember uh, that that this was again something that Abhinav always dreamt of 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 actually. uh, you know, directly being involved in bringing sports science uh, back up to 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 Indian athletes. Um, and of course, now you have many centers spread across. And um, I remember, again, one of the things that Abhinav had spoken to me about once was that how he really wanted to get in some of the best equipment from uh, around the world that's available for, for recovery or for testing and things like that. And obviously, talking with you, I found out that, uh, you know, you have a lot of equipment. But um, tell me a little bit, were you there from the inception when when uh, mm-hmm. this was happening?
1: So, the whole idea behind Abhinobindra targeting performance was born uh, post, uh, was during uh, the, the end of uh, building up to the Rio Olympic Games, where hmm. during the journey from 2012 to 2016, there were a lot of uh, uh, as I've said, uh, we never had few injuries. We were working on it and uh, it was an ongoing process. And we went to the best of best centers in Germany, Italy. Uh, and uh, it was quality rehab and it right. was objective data-driven rehab, uh, performance training, which helped him uh, scale or get that notch higher than other athletes. And that's where I, uh, after he retired from uh, active sport, Uh, The idea was to give back to the sporting community uh, what uh, uh, as an athlete in 22 years of his career he has gained or he has learned or the challenges he has faced. And that's where he realized that sports science is something which is a very crucial element uh, because in India we have ample amount of talent, uh, we have uh, coaching staff. uh, But when it comes to a scientific element to sport, it has not been very scientifically uh, managed. And that's where uh, uh, the idea was born to set up a world-class center, which is at par with, uh, you know, German-Italian uh, facilities which are there uh, mm-hmm. and provide it to the masses at an affordable costing where uh, uh, the athletes uh, now, they don't need to travel to, uh, you know, various centers across the globe. They can come to our facility uh, where uh, we have set up various labs. We have a postural lab, we have a functional lab, we have a gait analysis lab, we have a biomechanics lab. We have mm. a rehab recovery lab, where we just don't cater athletes from shooting, but we cater athletes from different sports. Uh, mm. The whole idea uh, about this facility has been to have a, a data-driven approach. When an athlete comes in, uh, we uh, do uh, assessments which are objective in nature, specific to their requirements. Once mm. the assessment is done, we have uh, precise numbers to quantify the areas where they need to improve and the areas where they have made some gains. Uh, For the first time, the support staff or the experts are accountable. So, once there are numbers in place on the same technology uh, or labs, the athlete can work on uh, their areas where they can improve or shortcomings. And the support staff is accountable to be a part of that progress. And after three months, we do reassessment. Athletes are able to see and question As well, that this is where I was, this is what training was been imparted, where I'm moving. And that's where we have seen quality results, uh, which is required. So whatever work you do, it needs to transform the field of play. And in last uh, six to seven years, uh, you know, our first center was established in uh, uh, 2016 in Mohali. Uh, which was our flagship center. And now we have close around 12 uh, centers and the numbers are uh, growing further. And we, we cater athletes from the age group of six to master's athletes as well who come in. And mm-hmm. we are able to provide them uh, with uh, uh, different areas of requirement like talent identification to sports specific assessment, to performance training, uh, mm-hmm. also quality uh, rehab recovery for the athlete, along with other uh, specialty uh, requirements like sports psychology, uh, also nutrition uh, uh, aid to the athlete.
0: Right. So, it's everything that you need. Uh, you, your first center started from Mohali? Yes, you're right. Yeah. And I know, I believe you're building one in uh, at the Kalinga Stadium as well uh, in Boneshwar now? Or is that already yeah.
1: operational? So, uh, the facility is already there in Kalinga Stadium mm. last three years. And we have catered okay. uh, thousands of athletes there. And right. uh, the, the facility in Kalinga Stadium uh, caters to grassroots level athletes, uh, also mm. youth athletes and elite athletes. But there is a, a scientific system in place where uh, uh, there is… Uh, Talent identification, uh, scientific talent identification which has been catered. The athletes specific to, uh, to various sports have uh, been identified and then uh, they have been nurtured in the most scientific manner where uh, their every reputation, uh, every training plan is been monitored for the first time. And we are able to also gauge their performance in terms of their physical need, in terms of uh, their uh, uh, mental uh, uh efficiency as well towards a particular task or sport
0: right and this is the kind of stuff where we we're we bound to see the results of this work that you're putting in uh, five ten years from now um, you know when you have this batch of athletes who've actually had access, to, to world-class systems and, and people uh, to guide them uh, right from the beginning. And because that's where it, where intervention is really, really required. It's, because it's so hard to work with somebody who's uh, already 18 or 19 years old and their body has kind of settled into certain patterns and um, things like that. So, uh, very, very hard to reverse that. But if you start right at the beginning, at the grassroots level, and that's where everybody needs to start. Um, and Uh, but of course the results are not immediately apparent and you have to wait for a bit wait for a few years to see actually where that goes thank you so much Uh, thank you Dr. Anavad for being here and for sharing all these wonderful insights Uh, it's been a pleasure this was an episode of Secrets of Sports Science I'll be back next week with a new guest until then if you have any questions you can write to me at rudranil at gmail.com that's r-u-d-r-a-n-e-i-l at gmail.com for the latest updates on this podcast, do like and follow at HT Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HD Smartcast.